welcome to another episode of Fully Booked. I'm Megan. And I'm Shireen. And today we are kicking off American Lit Month. So (laughs) all throughout the month of May, we're going to be talking about American Lit here on the podcast and also over on the website at fullybooked.ca. So you guys are welcome to check out all of the coverage we've got going on over there as well. Um, But for this first episode of the month, we decided to kick it off with another adaptation. So today we are talking about The Outsiders, released in 1983. So good. Directed by Francis Ford Coppola. So good. Starring every single person from who was popular at that time in the 80s. We got some Patrick Swayze. We got some Emilio Estevez. We got some Rob Lowe. We got a lot. Some Ralph. Oh my God. Yeah. Okay. But for like a minute. Um, We got some Ralph Macchio. We got some Karate Kid action going on. Just. uh, uh, every God, everybody's in this movie. Every time I don't watch it regularly, and every time I do, I'm surprised <laughs> at who's in it. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, so we're really we're gonna dive into it um, because we thought, why not start with a classic of classics, a young adult classic that was what published in the '60s originally something like by that. something like a 17 year old author named S. E. Hinton. Um, she makes me feel very unaccomplished just for what she was able to do at such a young age. Um, it's a great book. It's one of those. It tends to be one of those high school required reading books, but not not one at least for me. Um, that you pick up and then regret having to mm. have read it. Uh, I love this book. It's wonderful. Um, and it's really nice to, you know, find an adaptation that didn't necessarily, you know, that tweaked things, but didn't feel like it had to make major changes to it. I think Essie Hinton, if I'm not mistaken, I might've mentioned this in the episode. She was a uh, consultant on the film as well. And doesn't right. she have like a, like a teeny cameo? She does. She's a nurse. There you go. In the yeah. Movie. Mm-hmm. And so she must've been on set a lot. And I think she had a lot to say about casting as well, which is probably why give her all the cast. Yeah. Job, which like. is probably why this was done so well also. So she deserves all the accolades. Um, it must be lovely to see your work be translated to screen in such a positive way. Totally. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, I don't think we have anything else that we need to talk about, so I think we can jump right into it. So let's talk about The Outsiders. All right, sounds great. The Outsiders. So. The Outsiders. A.K.A. the movie with the best cast ever. Yes. The Outsiders, which was, wait, released in 1983 and currently is sitting at a 7.1 out of 10 on IMDb right now. And a a, only a 68% on Rotten Tomatoes. Y'all I don't, don't know, know. I don't know why. Don't know I'm really surprised, especially with the, like, especially living in a veil of, like, nostalgia now. Seriously. I you, wouldn't be surprised if they're going to remake this. Oh, it's probably going to happen yeah. at some point. Mm-hmm. I think down the road, they'll do the same thing. They'll have a bunch of like up and coming, but up and coming that you won't even expect it. And then 10 years after, yeah, they will all be the most famous. Absolutely. So um, if anybody has not seen The Outsiders, it is based on the novel by S.E. Hinton, which she wrote when she was 17 years old. Um, and she wrote this novel based on her experience as a teenager. So... Let that sink in for those of you who know what the story's about. Yeah. Um, and the reason why we say it's the best cast movie ever 
Um, the cast <laughs> consists of names such as Patrick Swayze, uh, Ralph Mac- Macchio, um, Matt Dillon, Rob Lowe, Tom Cruise, Emilio Estevez. Oh, Emilio Estevez. Oh. The most brat pack of brat cattiness <laughs> that you could have had is just like, that's basically, he was in every single movie in the 80s and I refuse to, to think otherwise. <laughs> just like Patrick Swayze. Kinda. <laughs> yeah, it's like him, Emilio Estevez, Patrick Swayze, and Molly Ringwald were basically all of all of, all of that. But this one had Diane Lane instead of Molly Ringwald. And yeah. I feel like it would at the time it must have been like a close call. Probably because she's also cherry. She has yes, red, red hair, hair. So you would have assumed, right, <laughs> that it was that it was her. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised at all. So they're all babies in this movie. Oh my god. You see weird. them and they are adorable. Did we mention that Tom Cruise is in this movie yes, as yeah. well? He has like it's so funny. It was so it turns out I was looking at this. It was prior to Risky Business. It was like a year before, maybe even the same year as Risky Business. So he wasn't even at that level at yet. So he's done nothing. My cat's playing with the toy. Okay, all right. Can you stop? Stop it. The cat Mooncake is our um, sponsor here at Fully Booked. Sponsor. Yeah, sure. It's just funny when you see him in the movie. You're like, oh yeah. Hey. Hey. That's Tom Cruise. That's Tom Cruise. Arguably, of all of the people in this the person who would go on to have the biggest career right um i mean that being said i mean it's just really cute to see the karate kid in this movie as well and you know with the new tv series you're like okay he made a comeback like way to go no he meant he really managed to actually keep things going i always forget that he's in this movie because i only think of like i'm like well i guess he was in the karate kid and then i have no idea what else but it was like the karate kid my cousin Vinny, this movie and that's all i'm aware exactly (laughs) um and fun facts, so other fun facts about this movie. So we are really setting the stage um, for how crazy star-studded this movie was. Yeah. It was directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Which I always have forgotten now. I've just forgotten yeah. completely. And now, and see, that's it. And I couldn't find them anywhere. And now we have to double-check this because there's a scene with a rumble because it's set in the yes. 60s. And <laughs> supposedly, during the rumble, Nicolas Cage, who's Francis Ford Coppola's nephew... And, it, and Johnny, Johnny Depp. Depp. Yeah, and Johnny Depp both are, like, cameo in... So... What I need is for someone to confirm for me because we were watching the rumble scene and I was looking at the guy that Patrick Swayze's character named Derry fights. Yes. And I was like, isn't he in the Karate Kid and Cobra Kai? It's yes. definitely the guy who plays Crease, right? Because it looks right. exactly he like him. He looks exactly like him. I so know. Internet sleuths, please. This is your assignment for this <laughs> I week. I looked it up and it says it's nothing. It's driving us crazy. It says nothing. All it tells me is that like the people from the Outsiders and the people from Karate Kid were going to be going to comic-con and i was like i don't care i just want to know if this man was in this movie or not because it looks a lot like him yeah absolutely Uh, so the dude that Derry was beating up in the rumble although we are digressing here so if we (laughs) we're off track we (laughs) We haven't even started way off track we haven't even started the story okay (laughs) so essie hinton wrote this book in the 60s when she was 17 years old um that's it was based on her experiences there is a lot i guess a lot to do in the film with uh, classism and you know sort of like lifestyle and the way that different people at different times had to live in rural America I think this is in Oklahoma okay I'm pretty sure this is in Tulsa or outside of Tulsa it's somewhere in that area um, and it basically follows two different classes of young people at the time so you had the greasers who are sort of like your main character who like think of like Danny Zuko in Greece it was like <laughs> that style but like 
like but like real not really like rough not, yeah not yeah. like not like we break not like song. endearing no no greaser like really rough like you wouldn't want to be caught on the wrong side of town yeah with like these an actual guys. what a greaser would have been like if it weren't in a musical basically yeah. and then you have what are called the class of people called the socias which i guess is supposed to be a play on like socialites or yes, something exactly and they're just kind of the the wealthier i mean it's they're alluded the preppy to kids. They're, yeah, the they're the preppy, preppy kids, kids. yeah and, but you know the funny thing is that they all go to the same high school no they do because there's probably only one high school <laughs> <laughs> right and you know it's alluded to many times in the books and the movies that these socias have it much better and then so as you're watching it you realize that you know these greasers your main characters some of them have it rough and some of them have it really really rough. rough yeah there's like a different level of difficulty yeah. i guess that they live their lives so okay so the opening credits of the song stay gold oh, yeah. is was sung by stevie, stevie wonder, wonder which is iconic and i was like wow i don't remember this anytime i watch this movie it's been like 10 years since i've watched this now and it was written, and i forget and the song was written by a coppola Yes, it was. Yeah. Everybody, every Coppola was involved in this movie. There <laughs> was like a, <laughs> there was another one that was, that did something else. I don't remember. Produced, anyway, it doesn't matter. Anyway. Yeah, and Essie Hinton herself was a special consultant on the film. And she made a cameo. Really smart. Yeah, she's a nurse later. Um, yeah, which is so, so smart because, and you can tell as well because the vast majority of the dialogue from the book is in the film. And I really appreciated that about this. So, Sometimes when you see this in a book to movie adaptation, yeah. it's done really poorly. Yeah, where it's you're garbage. kind of like, I don't know how they thought that was going to be executed in this dialogue, but in this movie, they did such a good job of like taking just the right lines and putting them in the movie. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. no, they did a really good job of it. I think with trying to make it, I guess, more, I don't even know, like a film, the screenwriting is really different that way because you have to make everything more conversational. Mm-hmm. It's easier in a book because you're able to provide people with the context of your situation and the inner thoughts of the characters whereas in the film they kind of just have to portray it so that also means shuffling around some of the dialogue and changing up some of the dialogue so that it sounds more conversational and colloquial like what someone would actually speak like yeah and as we're talking about this you know one thing so first of all if you're gonna go ahead and watch this movie and you haven't read the book uh first of all remember it was First of all, read the book. (laughs) Read the book. But if you're going to watch the movie, remember it was in the 80s. But second of all, what I really liked about it was that they really um, did a good job of showing how a teenager would behave in this situation. Yeah. Like, they're not, like, overly mature. Like, they're a little bit, like, goofy and dorky. You can tell that, like, they're they're in situations that are very adult, but they are very much still children. Mm -hmm. So, and you can feel just the level and they do it they do a really good job of it with like pony boy who's the main character just sort of some of his like naivete that he still has yes. despite the fact that you know he thinks he's like a tough greaser and blah blah right. blah but he's also he's 14 and just his circumstances make it so that he has no choice but to act tough but you can see that that's all a facade and he isn't really like that mm-hmm. and in a character um like two bit played by emilio estevez oh my gosh oh. he was great emilio. So- <laughs> um his yeah. whole thing you know about like how much he likes cartoons and he has like a mickey mouse t-shirt on for the all whole the film time. and yeah. he's just like a big baby and pretty much you know there's also that added layer that like when you see the characters so pony boy um for context pony boy is our main character yeah um pony boy curtis who pony, names their kid pony boy well his older brother is named soda pop yeah i know it's just Derry, <laughs> just daryl daryl's the oldest brother daryl's patrick swayze and daryl is the only one with a normal name who comes up soda pop and pony boy pony boy is just 
I don't know I don't where that know. came from. Soda Pop's kind of cute, but um, they all have like nicknames a little bit. Sort um, of. But Pony Boy and Soda Pop are their actual names. And, you know, Pony Boy, though he's the main character of the movie and the book, uh, he is very naive. And it seems like he doesn't really understand the lengths that his oldest brother and Soda, his middle brother, mm-hmm. um, have gone to to make sure that he can continue to have a somewhat normal life after their parents have died. No, because again, <laughs> there is a naivete there and like a younger teenager you know won't necessarily be able to understand something like that so the older you get like you know when you're young if you read the book when you're young you're just like oh yeah like this is hard this must be so difficult blah blah whatever Mm -hmm. your thought happens to be on it but the older that you get I think the more that you identify with Derry Mm -hmm. and you know he's who's also only meant to be in his very early 20s 21 22 yeah yeah that's it he gave up his future of playing football he didn't go to college he didn't go do anything because their parents died in a car accident Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if they were hit by a train. They're hit by a train in the movie, and I was like, did that happen in the book? I don't know. They All he says is that his parents were killed in a car wreck. That's what mm-hmm. I remember reading. I don't remember that they were hit by a train. That's mm-hmm. rough. I think um, they were just going for more of a dramatic flair in the movie. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, th- and so I think that, yeah, I just think that the older that you get, the more that you're like, yeah, you know what? Like, Derry has it probably the hardest because mm-hmm. he's the oldest, and he had no choice but to take on a parental role before he was ready for anything like that Mm -hmm. and then you you start to well I mean you meet the other characters from the beginning but then when you start to really get into who they are you know you realize that Johnny and um Dally yes so uh Dallas oh Dallas Winston played by Matt Dillon who also looks ridiculously young oh my god He just looks mad all the he time. He does, but he, he does the best bad boy impression I think I've seen in I think, any movie. I think of the group, he might actually be the best cast, oh, though. Yeah. Like, he very much committed to this, he and did. you can see it from the beginning. Like, he's his character is meant to be, like, a little hardened. He's a pain in the ass. He's shitty to people, really, with no provocation. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are, he's, you know, a justification that, yeah, you get a little bit more in the book than you do in the movie, which is something that happens a lot of the time, I think, right. with, like, a film adaptation of a book. Um, just because he's had it really rough but it's just from the beginning you know who the character is and he really remains that way for the duration (laughs) no character development but that being said like you know in the book you understand his background you understand a little bit more about why he's shitty yeah whereas in the movie they don't expand on it immediately but you do realize you do get it but you get it i think way a little later bit, a little later yeah. yeah yeah when he hits like a few more emotional beats i guess right. but at the beginning right so uh pony boy and johnny are chilling they go to they sneak into the drive-in movie theater. Drive-in theaters are so fucking fun, by the way. I love them. I wish we had more of them in our area. I just want to go to the confession confection stand in it's there. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> they're the best. It's great. Um, we gotta go this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so they go to the they sneak into the drive-in movie theater on brand because they wouldn't pay to go in. Right. They don't even have they a don't car. Have the money. Yeah. And they don't have a car to drive into the drive-in mm-hmm. movie theater with. They're just hanging out there all the socias by the way have cars they're and the ones who have gone to the movies with their girlfriends or whatever and the cars are tough and they are t-u-f-f which means cool which means cool so <laughs> yeah. they're tough yeah yeah so they get to the drive-in theater um they immediately kind of see an interaction between one of the girls cherry 
and her Marsha. Marsha is that's her friend. Mm-hmm. Right. That's it. Played by Diane Lane. Cherry's played by Diane Lane, who also looks, she's still a fucking babe. She looks great. I know. So cute. I know. Um, she gets pissed because I think her boyfriend was getting too handsy because he's drunk. Super drunk. Yeah. yeah. Um, Bob. Bob's an idiot. Mm-hmm. Um, so Bob and Randy are Marsha and Cherry's boyfriends. And so they, you kind of see the interaction. You don't really know like why you've seen it at first, whatever. But then they go to the seated part of the theater, like mm-hmm. where there's a bunch of chairs. The boys sit down. Um, Dally joins them. Mm-hmm. And, and they he- sit there. The girls sit in front of them and they're pretty. And so, of course, he immediately starts being a dick. Dally. Um, like is. he's gross. He's like full on sexually harassing her. It's really mm-hmm. uncomfortable and inappropriate. I know it was the 60s and so it would have been expected, but you're like, Ugh. she does hold her own. Though. She does. Yeah, no, she fully tells him to get lost and yeah. and means it she's not you know she's not having it although she does say a little bit not long after that if she ever sees him again she'll probably fall in love with him which probably one of the very realistic lines of the movie yeah like, it sounds stupid to me now but i'm sure at the time i would have been like mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah bad boy yeah mm-hmm. that's it that whole yep. thing would have would have worked better i guess yeah. so they go to the movie he harasses the girls and then Johnny, who is very, very close to him, is actually the one to tell him to like stop, to back yeah. off a little bit. He gets pissed. He leaves. And just for context, Johnny is this little mousy kind of kid who is... karate is, kid. It's he is the karate kid. But in the book, um, he is 16 and he's, but he, um, looks he looks young. younger than yeah. Ponyboy, who's 14. Also. Because he's this really scared, skittish guy because he had been beaten up. Uh, a few months before by some socias yeah. who they don't who remain nameless at this point for now but all they say is that one of the guys had rings um and he beat the crap out of the out of um johnny and he still has a scar and he on still his has a huge scar so, on his yeah. face so he's really afraid yes. and so for him to stand up to dally who's like the biggest loudest one out of, all of, them, of all of them um yeah. means that you know dally was really going way too far with these girls and yeah so he takes off he's pissed off and and that's kind of like par for the course in this <laughs> he's yeah, every time off. every time dally's mad he's just like i'm leaving I'm and leaving. he dips and, and you're, like, takes okay, off and you're like okay bye um so he leaves uh they have uh, kind of a nice conversation with the girls two bits shows up Emilio Estevez shows up and is just like a big fat goofball so I guess they just like get along well with them they leave the movie theater there is kind of a confrontation with the socias with Bob and Randy who were there earlier because they like drive by and they're like oh you're walking with our girls but at this Um, moment Johnny realizes that um Cherry's boyfriend Bob is the one who jumped him and who beat him up and made him afraid of everything like this kid wasn't doing well to begin with like his parents his dad beats him up his parents are always arguing he's from a very broken home um you know the kid sleeps outside most of the time because he just wants to stay away from his parents um and then this on top of it i think all of the friends realize like how horrible this was for poor johnny and now he's realized that Bob was the one who beat him up. Who beat him up, of course. And Bob's Cherry's boyfriend, and he's right. a big, fat bag of dicks. Anyway. <laughs> so, there's a small confrontation. You heard it here first, uh, folks. Um, there's a small confrontation. Uh, Cherry's the one who kind of diffuses it, because she's like, no, I hate fighting. We'll just go with these guys, even though they're idiots. Um... You know, and there's back and forth with Bob being really drunk and Randy just being an idiot. Randy has the most pronounced brow I've ever seen in my life. That actor, I don't Um, know who he is. He gets called Ape Face later on in the movie, which made us laugh quite a lot. Oh my god, yeah, no, it kind of worked. Anyway, so 
They take off. Johnny, Ponyboy, and Two-Bit all head kind of home. Johnny and uh, Ponyboy sort of veer off a little bit because his parent, Johnny's parents are fighting because of course they are. They go off into a lot for a little while. They hang out. They, they fall, fall asleep. asleep. Mm-hmm. And then Ponyboy wakes up and is like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> Derry's going to be Derry's mad. Derry's going to kill me. And so, uh, side note, Derry and Dally sound very similar, but Daryl is the oldest brother of, you know, the three Curtises. Yes. Um, and Dally, Dallas, uh, Winston. Winston Winston is um our big bad boy in the movie so a little bit confusing but yes so pony boy promptly runs home Johnny says I'm gonna sleep under the stars because nobody cares anyway yeah <laughs> really oh. sad. So sad his lines are all sad oh, so sad go Ralph Macchio if you're re- if you're <laughs> listening to this <laughs> yeah sure you are <laughs> go you Good um job. Anyway, and so he runs home. Derry is freaking out. He's really upset because he's done his best to make sure that Ponyboy has everything he needs. And I think what he's most terrified of is um, for them to be put in a boy's home. So a foster home, I guess. Yeah, because of course, you know, Derry's only in his early 20s. He's been taking care of them as best he can. But I'm sure that social services would be looking for a reason Mm -hmm. to... um, a reason to actually do that to them in the first place if they can if they need to come check up on them so mm-hmm. yeah so basically pony boy's the youngest he's 14 soda pop is the middle child he's 16 I think he's 17 16 or 17 and then daryl's the oldest he's in his early 20s played by patrick swayze who's oh. so fabulous oh, man. oh i love oh. patrick swayze every 80s movie should have had patrick swayze in it even though it feels like all of them did um yeah. he's so fabulous and it's you can kind of see throughout the course of the film that like you know and I know obviously as an actor he was already older than a lot of the others that were there but you can just see I guess like his level of talent yeah. like the other ones like there's some like unpolished scenes some things that are a little bit more shaky some lines that are delivered a little bit more shakily but his were just sort of perfect the whole way perfect. through and you could just I guess you could just feel the difference he should have had more screen time anyway so Ponyboy gets <laughs> home Derry's freaking out it's two in the morning and you get a feel, and again, in the book, it is a lot more obvious why they have a lot of conflict. It's because Derry feels that Ponyboy doesn't realize the amount of sacrifice he's made. Yeah. Ponyboy's very, like, head in the clouds, kind of like, I forgot. Um, oh, I didn't think of that. Like, he's very, like, naive, head in the clouds. And, and I he's, think he's very 14. He's very, like, what's the is. big deal? It's no big deal. I don't see what the problem is. Yeah. And so, um... Derry pushes him over or hits him. I Can suppose. I just no? He pushes him, but in the book, he definitely slaps him in the face. He definitely slaps because he face. says it. Like there is narration, he says it that he like hits him and then is immediately like, "Oh God!" and then takes off right away. Right, Pony Boy have a coat on this entire time, <laughs> and they have like their people mention it. Like he goes to the like movies it's in the book, yeah. quite a lot. And like he goes to movies, and Dally's like, "Aren't you cold?" cold? And he's like, "I forgot, I a forgot coat. a coat." But it's really him trying to be like, "I'm a tough." guy yeah, and he's I, don't like, I look coat. tough like he says that in the book he's like I look tough but like yeah. really he's dumb so anyway so he's <laughs> it's a, don't you remember being like that as a teenager though no, I would like I, really I would like not wear boots I'd wear like sneakers oh, all no. year and I would like not I would like not wear like my winter coat or I'd have it like open, open like yeah. what is the point point? and now by the time you get into your early 20s let me tell you that is just done <laughs> you sacrifice style for comfort yeah. in every situation you're just totally. like I do not care I, I am putting care. on give me we live in Canada, for 
for context. <laughs> so you're like, give me the big boots, give me the big coat, yeah. give me a hat, give me gloves, give me a I scarf. Need to be warm. It's fine. I need to be warm. Yeah, no, I don't remember the last time I couldn't be bothered to be warm. That's a weird thought. Anyway, so he goes running back to the lot where Johnny is still asleep under a pile of newspapers. Oh my god. <laughs> she isn't you have to watch the scene where Pony Boy just comes oh yeah it's true running he like slams into Johnny who's covered in newspapers and he's like come on Johnny we're running away and Johnny's like okay, okay. and he, he just, just gets up and goes running. no questions no. no like why what happened like what's going on no, he no. just gets up and he's he like all right like, okay and okay. he like half sleep like stumbles along with him and they go yep. running into a park question um, mark well they're running along and uh, yeah they're in a park where there's a fountain yes. and this is in the movie and and uh, the oh, Soshes yes. show up again. Yeah, so Bob and Randy and a couple of other nameless hooligans, whatever the hell their There's names are. There's quite a few of them, actually. There's like five or six, yeah. yeah. I don't know how they all fit in that car. Um, <laughs> cars used to be bigger back in the day. Right. The back seat, there were like no seat belts, and everyone mm. would just cram into a car. There were no rules right. in the 60s. Oh, um, better time. Yeah, yeah sure. <laughs> so they get out of the car they're like these are the guys who are after our girlfriends I'm like also they're like two years younger than your girlfriends yeah. who like I don't think are interested in them romantically at all but these guys have been like drinking yeah, all they're night idiots. and fine. like this is Bob again with the big rings the one who already jumped Johnny yeah uh, they beat Johnny up first um, yeah. and Johnny's on the ground and then they grab a hold of Pony Boy and they start to essentially drown him yeah they drag him over to that fountain yeah. they're like pulling him under the water and you're like wow they're actually gonna, they're actually gonna kill this kid anyway so then Ponyboy kind of passes out. He comes to, and Johnny's like, oh, hey, that guy Bob, I stabbed him. Oops. <laughs> and I killed him, and Bob is lying on the ground dead. Yeah. And so Ponyboy throws up. And, yeah, I get it. Um, <laughs> which I thought was a very um, cute moment because he's just, yeah, he's Johnny's just like, like you go be... ahead, I won't look I'm at like, you. And he's I'm like, like, no, oh. it's so fine, you go ahead, I won't be mad. And he just like goes over and has like a little puke in the corner. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And uh, their first thought, and I suppose if I were in this situation, I would think of it too, is to go find Bally. Yeah. Which um, they do. So they, they go do. to Buck's Bar. It's like a bar house. I don't know. Some party house. It's like, it's like, I think it's a party house because I think in the book they're saying they go to the house and Buck answers the door. Buck is Tom Waits. I did not <laughs> expect that at all. I was like, is that Tom Waits? What the hell? Best cast ever. Oh my God. So they go, they go to the house. Buck's like, yeah, okay, whatever. Dally's here. He comes out of the bedroom and he's like, no, I'm not, I'm not drunk or anything. I was just trying to sleep because he fought with some other idiot who's uh, Tim Shepard who's totally unimportant by the way but they had like a fight earlier because he slashed his tire. Dally slashed Tim's tire so this is the kind of guy he is like he's just a and like just for jerk. just for shits and giggles, I don't think there was any reason behind it at all. Mm-mm. Anyway, no. so they're like, "This is what happened," and his response is, "Our he's like, oh, I killed a guy," and Dally's just like, "All right, good for you, good come in. for you, come on in." <laughs> he goes, "I killed a soch," and he goes, "Good for you, come, come on, on in." in. Um, so which tells you that he was the right person to go to. Absolutely. About this. And again, side note, Dally is like seventeen. Like he is also not. He's still a minor. A bebe. Um, and so they walk through the house with him and he brings them upstairs. He gives them some money and says, go take this train and hide out in the country, in the country, buy food for a week before the story gets out and just hide in this abandoned church and I'll come find you. Yeah. And so uh, Johnny and Pony Boy they hop a train to the country, and it's a pretty smooth ride for them. Like I mean, they, yeah, nothing happens. Nothing particularly. happens. They're just um, 
it's I I think it's telling of their circumstances that like they're bothered by what happened, but not incredibly, not as much as you would think that they necessarily would be like they right. killed a man. But it's also the sixties. I know. So, but still. So they hop this train, they get to this deserted church where they hang out and Pony Boy reads Gone with the Wind to Johnny for a week because they have nothing <laughs> they else. They can't to go do. anywhere, they can't do anything, so they're just hanging out. There's a whole back and forth because Johnny has the very smart idea to change their appearances slightly so when their descriptions are released no one who if they go get groceries no one will recognize them here so he um he gets Ponyboy to cut his hair and he cuts Ponyboy's hair and bleaches it blonde because it's dark brown um and there's a whole back and forth about that because part of being a greaser I think is being proud of your hair and the way and that it, it's it's meant back. to be greasy like your hair is supposed to be greasy what a weird thought it now. isn't it yeah and like Johnny even says like I'll wash all the grease out of my hair yeah. <laughs> and it's like whoa ew <laughs> Um, but yeah, like Pony Boy, his whole thing in the book is that his hair is tough. Like I think he's his, got and I think the best hair. Yeah, I think his hair is meant to be the coolest thing about him because, like, of the three brothers, like, um, Derry's like the strong one, mm-hmm. and Soda Pop is the best looking yeah. one, and then he's the one with like cool hair, hair. basically. Yeah, and that's like his trademark, and so. He's very upset by the fact that it's getting cut off, but also bleached. It also looks terrible. It does look terrible. I don't know. It's so weird because we were watching it and I was like, okay, is it a wig that he's wearing for them to cut? Or is it a wig with the blonde hair that he's wearing? Or did he or let both. them do this to his hair? I don't know. Please confirm. See Thomas Internet. Howell, if you're listening somewhere, <laughs> let me know. We need to know. I need to know. I want I want to know because it looked kind of realistic. Like when he was cutting his hair, I was like, is he just letting him do that? Yeah. Wow, that's interesting. Uh, maybe. It could have been. I mean, it does grow back. <laughs> it's called method acting. I don't know. Um, so they, basically, there's just a whole long kind of montage. friendship montage. Yeah. It's a friendship <laughs> montage of yeah. them like, we just murdered a man, now we're hiding in a church. It's like <laughs> like eating bologna sandwiches. Yeah. Like, oh my god, ew, yeah. yeah. Bologna's gross. Anyway. Yeah. Oh, so they do this, and then Dally shows up like on a like week, day five, five or something six, yeah. um, while they're there, and then he... Tells him that he got brought in and questioned by the police because they always assume that if something really bad goes down, then it's probably Dallas Winston yeah. that's behind it. And so he um, apparently told the police that Pony Boy and Johnny were running away to Texas. To Texas. And, and I think that hilarious. they're, yeah, I think they're still in Oklahoma. They're just right. out in the boonies, basically. So he's sent them in what I can only assume is the opposite direction. Right. Uh, geography, definitely not my <laughs> forte. Uh, <laughs> Megan's laughing because We literally confirmed that on your way here today. <laughs> It's just horrible. Anyway, so he um, tells them basically like that things are just not that serious. Not that big of a deal. Seems like, you know, and he says, Pony Boy, your brothers are worried about you. Here's a letter from your brother, Soda Pop, which is signed Soda Pop Curtis. Oh my God, he's so cute. He signs his letters with his full name, even though you're like, uh-huh. uh-huh. I know it's That's you. your brother. Oh man. Um, and they go, they eat something and Johnny says, we're going to turn ourselves in. He says it was self-defense uh, and I don't want to live like this because Ponyboy has a family and... Uh, and his brothers don't deserve to worry about yeah. him because everything that Johnny does is quite selfless, oh, actually. Oh, he is. He's totally selfless. Yeah. So they decide they're going to do that. They're going to go get their stuff. They drive back to the church, which now, first of all, this church is abandoned. So can mm. somebody explain to me why these children or this church group was in that church with small kids? Anybody? I don't know. Okay. Maybe something weird so was they going go back. There. Yeah. So they go back. The church is on fire. Which because pretty, they had, yeah, because they had left all their cigarettes and like matches and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's in it. So I'm sure that it just, they, I'm sure they left like a half lit cigarette mm-hmm. and it just like the, the 
place went up in flames because it's all made of wood with children inside yeah and, so, and it just i need somebody to explain that to me because that part i i don't understand i remember when i read the book i was like why were they there if the guys were hiding out in this church because it was abandoned why are these small children there with their church group quote unquote or like a youth group or something maybe it was their weekly outing i don't know maybe there was something else well, there going really on there was nothing to do in well, the country in Oklahoma. i mean that's what dally says he's like what do they do around here for fun play checkers probably <laughs> i feel like that would be more entertaining but right. anyway so, so anyway the church is on fire um and Pony Boy just in, basically his immediate reaction is no, we have to do something. So he and runs Johnny over runs and Johnny him. runs after him. They run into the church. They break open some of like the half broken you know wood panes on the outside. They climb in. They go start getting the kids out. Dally very irritatedly <laughs> goes and helps them, and because he, he's like, oh Jesus. So he just goes over. They start taking all the kids out of there. They do manage to get every child out of there, as far as I remember, except that the roof collapses yes. on Johnny. On Johnny. And so next scene is Ponyboy in an ambulance with uh, someone, this guy, and in the book, he does actually confess to the guy that, oh, yeah. he, um, that they murdered a guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in, in the movie, he's just like, oh, I'm a, I'm greaser. a greaser. And the guy's like, oh, really? Yeah. You don't say, and I'm just like, what? Like, how does he, anyway. It was a bit of ham-fisted dialogue. I'm not really sure what that was about. Yeah, I'm not really they sure. They go to the hospital. Dally's okay. He's got burns kind of on his arm, but mm. he's fine. Ponyboy is also okay. Again, only minor something, probably smoke inhalation and a couple of other things, but nothing major except but his hair. And Johnny yeah. has lost complete function of his legs and I think, he is burnt from head to toe. Yeah, I think in the book they indicate that um the the like big like sort of timber whatever mm. like support beam that fell on him broke his back right. so he's paraplegic quadriplegic whatever you want to call it mm-hmm. he's lost basically he's yeah. paralyzed he's lost function and i think he has probably probably what would be like third degree burns right. all over the back of him because that uh, that beam that fell on him was on fire on fire so johnny is in a really bad situation yeah. and then they go and visit him um and, like, there's this uh, recurring piece about this Robert Frost poem that comes back in oh, this movie a gold lot and the book. Yeah. Uh, nothing gold can stay. And, and, you know, so Johnny and Ponyboy are talking about this. And it's really that, you know, innocence doesn't yes. last forever yes. is basically what this poem means. And so they have a good chat about this. And this is where Essie Hinton makes a cameo as a nurse. Um, yeah. Yeah, I did not know that you told me and I was like, Oh, cool. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, and like kind of in the background, there's this rumble happening between the greasers and the Soches. Because yeah. Because Bob's, because Bob's dead now. So of course right. the Soches are like, we're going to fight the greasers because they killed one of our friends. And blah, then the blah, greasers blah, 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 are blah, blah, like, blah, blah. they jump Johnny and Johnny's almost dead. Yeah. And like, so there's a whole back and forth so pony boy goes home kind of makes up with dairy as well at mm. the same time in like a nice way they don't show it too too much but in the book there's like a nice moment in the hospital where like he doesn't seem to think that pony boy is gonna like come to him and he's trying to say like he's sorry because he hit him mm. um then he immediately runs to him and there's like a whole hug and it's cute it is cute <laughs> um they go so in the book, um, Pony Boy is actually very sick at this point. Like he's got a fever pretty bad, but yeah. they're not really showing it very much in the movie. No. Um, but he insists on going to this rumble anyway, and because like Derry's been like a bit of a jerk and all this, he kind of lets him go. But um, anyway, so it's like greasers versus soaches, and this is where there's supposed to be a cameo of Johnny Depp and um, Nicholas oh, Nicholas Cage. Cage. Yeah, as as we don't know, there's no, no confirmation. Idea. I don't know if this is the case, but in the in trivia and stuff, it exists. Yeah. I hope it's true. That yeah. would be really fun. Also, apparently, 
there are deleted scenes with Heather Langenkamp in them. And for anybody who ever watches horror movies, she played Nancy Thompson in the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Apparently she also has scenes in it. So ironically, like a, like a year or two later than this, Nightmare on Elm Street came out. She was the main character and Johnny Depp was in his first major film in that movie. I mean, it was Weird. just, you know, like a catapult for so many people's careers. Um, so, yeah, so they have this rumble, and then Dally, and the Greasers win. Like, it only lasts, the scene lasts about, like, three minutes. Um, the Greasers yeah, yeah. win, so they they're go super happy. back to the hospital, right? Dally grabs Pony Boy. they go back to the hospital, and they tell Johnny that they won, and Johnny promptly dies. After his sort of very iconic line there with Pony Boy, where he says, um, he says, stay, stay gold. gold. Stay gold, Pony Boy, stay, stay gold. gold, which is, I think... I think probably the, the most famous line from the book. Right. Um, so I think it's the one that people tend to remember, yeah. generally speaking. So and yeah. what he's saying is, you know, because Pony Boy has his head in the clouds and he does see the good in things, which is what Johnny yeah. says to him. He's telling him, keep seeing the good in things, yeah. even though our lives are shit. Yes, basically like find <laughs> the silver lining, find yeah. like the happiness mm-hmm. kind of in your life where you can. Um Dally is completely heartbroken. He takes this is the worst part of the movie. Like yeah. it's the, the saddest part of the movie. Like this you think Johnny dying would be the saddest part, but I think how Dally takes this is just is just sad. I, this is actually the bit where I found that the most of everything that um, Matt Dillon like really picked it up because he had like this really funny moment earlier when they were gonna go to the Rumble and they go to see him in the hospital. First of all, he's like giving the nurse <laughs> shit for no reason and telling her to get lost, and then yeah. after he's like. He's like, yeah, we got to go do this for Johnny, for, for Johnny. Johnny. But We're he does do it for Johnny. It's man. so just yeah. the way he delivers the line is so funny. It's but there was very dramatic. But when you get to this part now where Johnny's died, there's nothing, nothing funny about the no. way that he does it. He's really, really good. He takes off, um, and Pony Boy goes home. He breaks the news to everyone else. All the other yeah. guys are there. He tells them what's gone on. Um, and he says, Dally ran away, and he's going. He's he, gonna blow. Yeah. He can't take it. Yeah. Um, and then cut scene to Dally in like a convenience, a convenience store. store. There's like a lot of magazines in there. Yeah. And he's like, you know, just not even paying attention to what he's doing. And like, I think in the book, you know, you're, you're kind of hearing what's going on in his mind, which is that like his whole entire world just fell apart because to, yeah. to Dally, the only good thing in his life was Johnny really, because he really believed that Johnny had good in him. And yes. I think in the book, the rationale that Dally has is that if he can help Johnny at least do something with his life, then his life would have meant something. Yeah, I think he, I think there's like a surrogate sibling kind yeah. of relationship happening between the two of them. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so Dally, in a fit of despair, I guess, um, kind of holds up the convenience store, takes the money, takes off, the cops go after him. And he the gun calls. isn't even loaded. No, that's it. That's his whole thing. And then he mentions it earlier as well. He always carries the gun just to like get people to leave him alone, but the gun isn't loaded. There are no bullets in it. Mm-hmm. And so he calls the house. He speaks to Derry. He's like, I did this. The cops are after me. I held up this convenience store. Meet me in the park. And Derry's like, okay. So the whole group of them take off. Of course. It's just, I have goosebumps thinking about it. You know, they're all running down the street towards the park. And then the cops are arriving and Dally's running. And he's pointing the gun to the cops as he's running. And all of, you know, the friend group are shouting, it's not loaded. It's not loaded. And the cops are shooting Dally, like one after the other. 
and he falls over and dies mm-hmm. and it's just awful oh it's so it's so sad I, there's like this really um sort of heart-wrenching visual i guess that's painted in the book where it's like he's shot right under the street light and mm-hmm. it's very dark out so that's like all they can see is just him being gunned down essentially in front of the street light which is really upsetting yeah um and they you know like they have like a little moment with him quickly and then he dies almost immediately mm-hmm. um so and then kind of the sequence of events that follows was actually really fast. Like mm. they really like, they were like, oh, this movie has to end now. So they kind of like sped through the rest <laughs> yeah. of it, which is, you know, largely that everybody kind of has to move on with their mm. lives. Um, and Pony Boy, basically you kind of realize at this point that Pony Boy is the narrator, quote unquote, of the story that's been written. And they do it in the film as well mm. because he's writing a paper and just in the movie you wouldn't know because they don't they don't show it but Mm. in the in the book it's because he has to make up what he's missed in school Mm. to try to graduate Mm. and so his one of his professors gives him the option of writing a like a long paper Mm. basically about whatever he wants so he decides to do that and write the whole story about what happened so that's Mm. basically it comes kind of full circle and he goes back to writing which is what he's doing at the beginning of the movie you see him sitting down and starting to write out the story and then that's how it ends as well he's sitting Mm. down and he's and he's writing the story essentially and then that's it you know which is the opening line of the book of the book as well yeah Um, that's it yeah and so you know it's just it's it felt like a very short movie because everything happens so fast. There, but I mean, at the end yeah. of the day, the book is quite short as well. It is. It is. And but it I, is like a full length feature movie. No, I do feel like there were some pacing issues that mm. were weird where like some scenes were drawn out and then others were really, really short. Like the friendship montage. Oh my God. The friendship <laughs> montage was weird. Um, yeah. Kind of that. And like that last like five minutes after yeah. Dally's killed, you're like, whoa, what the hell was that? Um, yeah. And then... There are, and because of that also, I do feel like there were some emotional beats that were missed. Mm. You know what I mean? Like just, just scenes where I was like, you know, they could have taken like just a little bit longer to develop Mm. that or just like add a little bit more to it. Um, because there's no like narration that runs all the way through the whole film. You don't really get that. Mm -hmm. Um, so I find that, yeah, that would have made, that would have made a difference. I think. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's just interesting. It's like. It's like a time capsule, really, because it really of is. because of the cast, because of the music, just everything about it is just like it's like a f- like frozen picture of yep. a certain era, which mm-hmm. is always interesting um, yep. to see. But yeah, no, so much of a uh, so much of what they do, so much of these things are just are just interesting. Like the cast did, like the cast were really good. Everybody was actually really well suited mm-hmm. to their characters. You know, there were a couple at first that I was like, this is weird. Like, you wouldn't think of casting um, Tom Cruise as, like, the idiot now. It's true. But it worked fine at the time. And Estevez is, like, this big goofball. Yeah. But, like, he did such a good job of it. He does. It seemed weird at first, but within, like, five minutes, you're like, no, I'm fine with it. I'm okay with with it. it. So, Megan, the question is, was the book better? Um, so I really like this movie, um... But yeah, I'm gonna say that the book was better. There are more there are more emotional beats that I just prefer more about the book. There's something slightly more profound about it that mm-hmm. I really appreciate. Um, it's a great coming of age story. It's a really good like loss of innocence mm-hmm. story. 
um, and the way that that ties into a lot of different like American lit stuff. Yeah. Really, there's a lot to do with that. That's a theme that comes up all the time. Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with it. I really I really enjoy the movie. It's great. It's really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, but the book the book is better. And you know, I would agree with everything that you just mentioned. One thing I will say <clears throat> is that um, you know the movie does have such an '80s charm to it. So it's almost like if you want some outsiders, you got to start with the book. Yeah. You really, really have to start with the book with this one mm-hmm. um, because it gives you all that like emotional depth and yeah. you understand the socioeconomic situation a lot better. Yeah. Um, it's not just kind of playground um, mm-hmm. fights that are happening. Like, no, it no. It's a lot bigger than that. Yeah. So I think that you really do have to read the book first um but the movie is like you said it uh, it is amazing in its own way and it's it's kind of heavy but the acting is great and um yeah so the book was better but I really do think that you need a bit of a combo of both yeah yeah I mean if you've if you've like if you've watched like Stand By Me but mm-hmm. you've never seen this movie like mm-hmm. you're gonna love this movie too right. you know it has yeah. that it has that same kind of a feel to it totally made in the 80s set in a different era totally. prior to that mm-hmm. but having the same sort of beats of that's it um socioeconomic issues within the same even friend group Mm -hmm. and what different people are dealing with um how people you know how people differ from each other how people grow apart from each other Mm. um yeah but it's worth it's very worth watching I think just to get just to be able to add another one of those to your lexicon man just like yeah that's it it's just it's just worth watching all right that's it for us. That's how we felt about it. I don't know what you guys think, but you can let us know what you thought about The Outsiders um, on Instagram at FullyBookedCA, over in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash book was way better. And you guys can check out everything that we are covering for American Lit Month over on our website at fully-booked.ca. Uh, but until next time, keep on reading. Oh, my God.